I just interviewed a guy. He just graduated from uh, college in, I guess, December. Um, and, or May, excuse me. I said, look, if you're if you're willing to put in the time and effort, um, this if you want to be if you want to work nine to five and be a broker, um, good luck. That's, <laughs> that's really not how this business works. Um, if you want to work nine to five and take a salary, um, maybe go on the development side of things or the acquisition side. Um, and have one sole target. Welcome to the Placemaking Podcast. Podcast. The show geared at helping real estate developers learn and understand important aspects of the development process while improving communities one at a time. Each week, we'll discuss major facets of the real estate development process with industry professionals. Now, here's your host, Matthew Lowe's. Hello and welcome to episode number 30 of the Placemaking Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I am really excited to share this next conversation with all of you. Dylan Cook is the managing partner at Range Realty Advisors here in Dallas, Texas. Dylan has actively participated in the acquisition and disposition of over $100 million in properties across North Texas for both individual and institutional clients. At Range, he specializes in the acquisition and disposition of mixed-use commercial and residential land. He works extensively with many local, regional, and national developers and home builders. Dylan was born and raised in Dallas, Texas, and graduated from Island Park High School. After that, he received his bachelor's degree from TCU there in Fort Worth. Range Realty Advisors is a full-service commercial real estate brokerage, advisory, finance, and investment firm. Their clients not only include individuals, but institutionals and international investors, developers, family office, and governmental entities as well. They represent clients seeking to acquire or sell real estate assets and assist in maximizing the return on those assets. To that end, they consistently add value to real estate properties through procuring entitlement and regulatory approvals, enhancing property values through infrastructure expansion, facilitating public-private partnerships, and negotiating economic incentives for municipalities and other governmental entities alike. In this episode, we are going to discuss how investors can determine the highest and best use for raw land, how property valuations end up shaping the development process going forward, and we took a little detour to dive into the recently popularized for-rent single-family housing phenomena. As you will hear on this show, he brings tons of experience on the subject of real estate brokerage and the amount of work it takes to ultimately market deals so as always if you have enjoyed this show i ask that you please subscribe to the show and share with your friends in the industry there will be more exciting conversations on the shows to come so without further ado let's start the show hey welcome to the show dylan good morning or good afternoon thanks for having me on of course i said i gave you a little intro before before we got on here but you know, I'd like to just jump right in and kind of get a little bit more about 
you, Dylan, and and then we'll kind of work our way into uh, Range Realty. So if you could just kind of give us an idea of, of your background and, and kind of growing up, and then we'll we'll go from there. Perfect. Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Um, went to Home Park High School here in Dallas. Um, then jotted over to Fort Worth and went to TCU for college. Uh, graduated from TCU in 2014. Uh, quickly came back to Dallas um, and joined up with the Henry S. Miller Companies uh, based here in Dallas. Uh, they're a full service commercial real estate group. Uh, started there uh, as a broker trainee and went throughout their uh, different divisions of retail, industrial, office, land, um, and some development stuff. And um, worked there for a few years and uh, decided to spin off and start Range Realty Advisors back in 2017. And uh, here we are now. Gotcha. So what was your degree in at TCU? Honestly, it was in uh, business communications. Okay. Yeah. And uh, just curious, did, um, you know, you went to Henry S. Miller. What was, what kind of drove you to go that direction? Was there any interest in real estate prior to going to college or uh, was it just something you found a job there and turned out you actually really liked it? <laughs> Kind of kept going yeah. from there. Yeah. So um, when I was I was in and out of the business school at TCU, um, I minored in energy technology and management as well as entrepreneurial management at a business school. And quite honestly, I was interested in getting in the oil and gas business. Uh, I wanted to be a landman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I graduated, uh, energy business wasn't doing super, super well. Um, I didn't really have any connections in that business and getting a job was pretty difficult to say the least. So um, I had some, growing up in Dallas, I always had friends, dads and moms, whoever it might be in the real estate business. And uh, I was over at my parents' house having a beer with my dad, just talking about what what I should do when I graduate and he handed me Dallas Morning News, and there happened to be a Henry S. Miller advertisement in there. And I just uh, I think I cold called Greg Miller, uh, who's the CEO of uh, Henry S. Miller Company, and uh, had an in- interview following week, and uh, <laughs> started working the following week. I'm pretty sure. Wow. So it was uh, purely uh, purely coincidental that uh, we ended up, or I ended up at Henry S. Miller, but it was. It was a great learning experience, a great platform, and uh, kind of got got me to where I am today. Gotcha. And so you were there for what three years, right? Yeah, I was I was there just under three years. Okay. And well, you, you kind of touched on it, but can you kind of go into a little little more detail about what you did there, and then and then uh, we'll kind of branch that into what you're doing now at uh, Range. Absolutely. So, um, 
the Henry S. Miller broker trainee program, it was, um, it was based upon CBRE's wheel program uh, in essence. So when, when I got hired by Henry S. Miller in 2014, uh, I was the second youngest guy that they had hired in 30, 40 years um, <laughs> on the sales side. So it was, a, it was definitely a senior, senior group of guys. Uh, so it was myself and a friend of mine I met while I was at Henry S. Miller. So we helped, helped really create the, the, the broker trainee program. So the goal was to rotate within each division uh, every two months. So I started in the retail division, and the goal was to go to industrial, office, uh, multifamily, and land. Mm -hmm. So um, you can only imagine if you throw to 20 whatever, however old I was, 23, 24 year old, olds into a a group of guys that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s. um, There's a a very fresh energy into the office. (laughs) uh, Definitely starting out, just got thrown into the the retail mix of things, doing really assisting the the older brokers, the senior brokers on marketing packages, researching, cold calling, uh, and just really anything and everything they wanted my help with. It was just being a dry sponge thrown into an ocean. So, yeah. um, so I got, I actually got, I kind of got stuck in the retail division for better part of four or six months. And, um, just sat down with Greg one day. I was like, hey, Greg, uh, or Mr. Miller, uh, I'm ready to rotate. I'm uh, pretty much sick of retail. So, yeah. uh, but um, did my first deal in retail, and then I moved on to uh, the Daryl Hermes' land division at Miller. Okay. And uh, Daryl runs the, what is the investments division. So, really had no rhyme or reason what I was working on at the time. Uh, I was helping brokers. Uh, the investment guys in Daryl's division are very self-sufficient. So I did helped on some research, uh, due diligence material, this, that, and the other. And uh, a guy I got to know there quite well at Miller, uh, we, were, we were talking about CMBS loans, the commercial mortgage-backed securities. Mm-hmm. And he introduced me to a friend of his who owns some office buildings here in town. And he said, Dylan, hey, love the energy. Uh, why don't you go find me office buildings to buy? It's like, <laughs> sure. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll go do that. So um, I convinced the Miller company to buy a service called TREP, T-R-E-P-P. And uh, it backs, it's a online database that tracks CMBS notes. So I was just thrown into the mix of tracking CMBS build CMBS loans on class A, class B office buildings and also used it for to find some multifamily and retail properties. Um, and six months of doing that or 12 months of doing that, it was just I looked back and said, what did I do? Why I'm 24 years old. I'm trying to go buy 30, $50 million office buildings on behalf of 
um, a guy a guy here in town um, quickly learned that was a very cutthroat sector of uh, the commercial real estate world. Mm-hmm. Um, talked to a lot of building owners, um, individual, public, private, and just really got down in the nitty gritty and, and learned a lot. Never transacted on an office building. Um, I will say I definitely put a deal together and uh, ultimately did not get paid on the deal. Oh. So I, after that, I, I kind of washed my hands of competing with the senior, senior guys of the office world. And um, uh, at that time, uh, Mr. Miller stuck me in in an office with two desks where uh, I got to meet Chris Burrow, uh, who's partner, who were partners here at Range. We started the company. Um, and Chris and I got to know each other. He was working on some land deals. I was working on pretty much anything I could try to make some money on uh, <laughs> so I could move out of my parents' house. Right. And uh, so we got to know each other. We, we linked up and we worked very well together. He was, he was in his late 50s at the time. <clears throat> and uh, we just we worked incredibly well together. Uh, we'd go into meetings and have the gray hair that Chris had and the energy and the drive <laughs> I had to do the, the, the marketing and the research and this, that, and the other. Um, and we, we kind of grew a substantial book of business of uh, listings on land representing sellers in the DFW area and also in Tyler, Texas, out, out east. And um, kind of fast forward about a year, we were working together at Miller and uh, just I think we were, we were over at uh, Lounge 31 in Holland Park Village having a drink after work and we said, hey, you know, why don't we, uh, why don't we talk to some folks and branch off and start our own company? And, um, <laughs> why not, right? Yeah, why not? <laughs> it was, it was just, yeah, having a, having a ranch water or something over there. <laughs> the next a day. Couple we, of those. Yeah. yeah, a couple of those. Yeah, <laughs> a couple for sure. So next morning, we, we both kind of stumbled into the office, not uh, the typical eight o'clock in the morning. And we're like, were we, were we serious about that last night? I mean, you think we could actually do that? And uh, so we, I mean, we worked regular hours at Miller and uh, we were started to write a business plan together. Uh, I went out and talked to a friend of mine, friend of mine, his dad is real active in the real estate. I said, Hey, Chris and I are thinking about spinning off. Would you be interested in investing? He's like, Absolutely. If it makes sense, I'll put some money to it. Um, so we got together a business plan, uh, put all our whole budget together and presented that to him. And a few weeks later, we had, uh, we had, what do we have? About half a million bucks committed. And Chris and I went back to Lounge 31 and we said, wow, this, we can do it. I mean, it's, it's feasible. So we, we buttoned up our, our plan. We talked to a lot of folks on kind of our, our business model. And uh, the important thing when we were starting is we didn't want to be a traditional brokerage shop. Uh, I mean, we did, we obviously worked with all the brokers in town and on the land side of things. Um, we kind of did a 
if you will, a SWOT analysis of all the different companies ranging from CBRE, JLL, Henry S. Miller, Weitzman, uh, Edge, shop companies, I mean, you name it, we looked at them and said, how can we fit into the mix where we can differentiate ourselves from those guys? Right. So we um, kind of sold a vision to each other, sold a vision to our investors, um, signed a lease over at where we are now, Hall Street at the Centrum in Uptown Dallas. And um, I would come over here after lunch while we were still at Miller. We were kind of flirting with uh, disaster there, just very, <laughs> had, had to be pretty quiet and private about what we were doing for obvious reasons. And um, so I'd come over here at lunch and meet some contractors or interior designers or IT guys and say, all right, here's, we need to gut this office. It's an 80s law firm take walls out this is what we want to do here's the offices so um that was the build out that was supposed to be a few months i think took about six months so we were we were kind of working working at miller during the day coming over here in the afternoon and at night just in and out in and out running around with the heads cut off and office was got completed and we we kind of picked up and started the next day here at range back in uh, June, 2017. Wow. Wow. So a couple ranch waters later and you guys have your own shop. What did uh, you mentioned you, you differentiated yourselves. Can you kind of tell me that vision that you guys were kind of coming up with at that absolutely. time? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, we we ultimately decided to take the route of land brokerage back in 2015. Um, Chris and I just, I mean, we both individually love land. We love ranches, uh, being in the mountains. I mean, that's really no relationship to what we do today. But um, the guys and gals that do land brokerage are just very, very good folks to work with. Um, it's really not as, as cutthroat as retail or office tenant rep or uh, project leasing. It's, you just have to know what you're doing and be very good at it and deliver, deliver high quality work. Uh -huh. So um, when we were at Miller, we would, I mean, when we got a listing assignment, we, uh, our first goal would go sit down with the city, go sit down with the EDC, the planning and zoning uh, council members if necessary and say, hey guys, we just got five acres or a hundred acres or a thousand acres listed in Collin County or Rockwall County or Tarrant County. Um, let's, let's, let's run through the utility situation. Let's run mm -hmm. through zoning, future land use, thoroughfare plans. Uh, what are what are y'all gonna what do y'all see at this property in best case scenario? It might be zoned for um, rural estate lots, so one, two, three, five acre estate lots on septic. Mm -hmm. uh, what's what's the chances that we could bring somebody in and get some higher density single family, some multifamily townhomes? Um, what does that look like? So the goal with us is. We kind of we kind of set ourselves apart 
I think, um, with our marketing material. So I have an offering memorandum that we put together in front of me on the new property we just listed in Rowlett. So the goal with our marketing material is, okay, here's the basic information here. We've got, I mean, the, the basic acreage, the gross, the net, uh, utility situation, the zoning, the future land use. Um, so the goal is to be able to button up this package and essentially hand it to a developer prospect on a silver platter and say, hey, uh, developer ABC, here's this property in, in Rowlett. Um, we've kind of took a look at it and based on the 244 net acres we have, we've divided it up into uh, six tracks, conceptual tracks for multifamily, uh, single family rental, retail, industrial flex, and some mixed use. Mm -hmm. uh, we've already had discussions with the city. Uh, here's all, all the pertinent information. Here's the zoning ordinances and the Dropbox as well. Um, take a look. And it's just a quick yes or no. There's The goal is by the time we get a listing, um, to market it to our internal contacts and basically do do the grunt work that those folks would need to do and just buy the buy them or save them time and uh, transact quicker. Yeah. Uh, so we just we definitely don't let grass grow on uh, on deals we're working on. <laughs> that makes sense. No, that's that's that uh that helps me out quite a bit understanding what uh, because that can be a lot of work <laughs> to come yeah. down and, and uh, like you said, talk to all those folks that uh, ultimately uh, have a big say in what, what goes, what goes where. Um, interesting. Definitely. We do, we do a lot. We actually do way more buyer representation than seller representation at the current moment. Okay. Uh, we're really making a strong push and to get more listings, get more signs out in the Metroplex, just increase kind of our market share, if you will. Right. Uh, yeah, just working with a lot of clients, we've, uh, or a lot of different developers rather from retail, hospitality, um, multifamily, single family, single family rental, uh, office. So we, we, we built a pretty substantial client list uh, and they kind of know the quality of work that we produce and offer them. And um, it's just been a very good organic growth strategy over the last three years. Yeah, definitely. And that, that takes time. I mean, it's uh, said many times, it's a, it's a people business and uh, to, you know, shake that many hands, is, it takes time. So I think you guys are well on your way for sure. What, I think you mentioned this earlier, but what was your first deal at, it was at Henry S. Miller, right? And it was a uh, retail deal? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I actually found a, it was a property in bankruptcy and it was uh, deep uh -huh. And uh, it was just a little, little dilapidated building there on, I believe it was Commerce Street and Malcolm X. Uh, okay. It's a two-story building with a trampoline on the roof, <laughs> and uh, just kind of falling apart. And got the leasing assignment on that, and 
uh, had a client, um, local client, bought it off the courthouse steps out of bankruptcy, and uh, we got the le the the leasing assignment on it, and uh, just very very fortunate that I was in Deep Ellum at the time. Yeah. I mean, that was a very hot market, and 42 Real Estate had done their their big redevelopment um, of Deep Ellum, and uh, I guess it was probably six months of just showing the property to every every person in town, broker, restaurant, um, and ultimately got at least executed with a Zatar, uh, Z-A-T-A-R, Lebanese and Topless restaurant. Mm -hmm. And they're still, they're still there today. And uh, it's definitely a figure it out on the fly. I'd never done a lease before, never, never done anything before. Yeah. From finishing real estate so it was definitely a flurry flurry of events i'd go to 10 different brokers at, at miller and say hey what lease template do we use can you help me with this like just let's let's get out a strategy here what's the process what do i need to do um, so just flying flying blind and uh, got some got some great help at miller um, from original lease or I guess original touring the property, uh, negotiating uh, letters of intent, going to lease, working with contractors on getting bids, working with inspectors. Uh, that particular deal, the roof needed to be redone. The, the structural foundation had some issues, so just constantly there with different folks going through it. Um, had to have a new fire suppression system go in. Oof. Uh, had to, yeah, that wasn't cheap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and being a restaurant, they needed certain parking requirements. So we had to figure out how we parked the thing because um, there was no dedicated parking spaces for it. Uh -huh. So it was just a, it was just a mess, but <laughs> we, uh, we got it figured out and, uh, got it leased, and um, to my knowledge, they're still doing well. Yeah. Uh, so that yeah. was, yeah, that was the first lease, and from there, just kind of worked on some leases over North Richland Hills, Lancaster, really just wherever the brokers needed help on, I'd jump on it and see if I could make a dime on anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that first one you were drinking from a fire hose right there. It sounds like that was uh, those infills can't be easy. No, it was it was definitely uh, at that time I had been living at my parents' house for a year after graduating from TCU. I was like, I need to get out of here. <laughs> I got to make this work. <laughs> I, I need to make this deal work so I can go sign a lease at an apartment and get get on. <laughs> awesome. Well. I guess, you know, you, you started out in college, you didn't necessarily know you wanted to go to real estate, but after you've been at Henry S. Miller, was there a certain time when you decided that, you know, real estate was your deal or was it when you, when you were having your ranch water there with Chris? Watson? Yeah, no, it was, um, it was, it was definitely not rainbows and waterfalls. The first year in business at Miller, it was, uh, like, what am I doing? 
is this is this something I really want to do? <laughs> and uh, about a year into it, I got this first deal under my belt. I said, yes, this this is it. I saw kind of the fruits of my labor pay off and got that commission check. And I was like, this is, this is what everybody wants right here. <laughs> Just, right. You got to work, you got to earn it, you got to learn, get that commission check and try not to blow it all at once. And <laughs> the, case, the case of that one, it was gone pretty darn quick. Yeah, uh, sounded like yeah. it. Yeah, it was signed a lease, bought some furniture, looked back and I was like, oh, that's gone. <laughs> got to get work. Yeah, got to work. get back to work, get, a, get the <laughs> next one. So learn, learn quickly that uh, in the real estate business, you definitely got to plan your financial situation and not not blow through all your cash because you don't know when the next one's coming. Sure. That's a, that's a great, great piece of advice for anybody really, but yeah but mainly for yeah for brokerage for sure so definitely young brokers in the business that's what i tell tell some guys here at range it's just like look i don't care if you make a 500 dollar check or a five hundred thousand dollar commission check <laughs> you gotta you've got to pay taxes on it and you just got to plan accordingly yeah, that sneaky little thing called taxes. Uh. Yeah. That's that's a different call. Yeah, different time. Yeah, that, that's a series right there. Money and ranch water used to talk about that. That's right. That's right. Well, you touched on this earlier about you know talking with you know all the jurisdictional authorities there and and kind of determining what you could build in a certain area, but what what are some of these first steps maybe go into a little more detail on determining kind of the highest and best use or property valuation um say you're the seller's broker uh, you're you're trying to determine what that valuation looks like and what what your package uh yeah. your offering looks like yeah so when we uh just being in one of the most competitive real estate markets in the country is um, the valuations or the broker opinion of values that we put together for prospective new clients is uh, very important. Uh, it definitely takes, takes a few days or depending on the property or location, it might take a week or so, but um, really what that entails is, okay, I've got, come across a property property I'm working on right now. So it's over on 35W in the Fort Worth area. Um, and just prime corner piece of real estate. It's not on the market. So I got through to the owner and said, hey, Mr. Mr. Joe Blow. Um, this isn't what I said, but cut to the chase. Oh, yeah. Valuation together for your property to list it. Um, bring you some developers or an investor to take that down. And um, so next, uh, first things first, let's put a valuation together. So dove into just the basics, the, the water sewer situation, uh, current zoning. Uh, this particular property is decently close to Alliance Airport. So there's some 
some overlays that that fall with that uh, height restrictions right so we looked at the property obviously looked what's around it with all the the new single family growth the the industrial growth uh, commercial retail growth there at uh, alliance town center and really just it takes time and experience to do a land plan or highest and best use um, and it depends on the property so mm-hmm. we're working on a single family property i really don't get into land planning because that's that's i leave that up to a builder or a developer to do um, but in this case this is more of a commercial property that could be cut into two, three, four components, um, or even broken down further than that if you want to add some retail pad sites or something. But all that's to say, it's just through through transacting with various um, clients, we get to, get to understand, okay, well, if, if we're gonna put a pad site here, um, here's kind of the general dimensions that needs to be, how many do we think we can put on here? Uh, I mean, we're not gonna just load up all the frontage of 35 pad sites and sell those that really doesn't help anybody right uh, except us which uh, in the case of this we really never recommend okay let's just go sell all your frontage because uh, that's not not ideal for the client and that's kind of our fiduciary to him or her um, so in the case of this deal um, we found the zoning, found the utilities, future land use. Um, said, okay, what if we put an industrial site here, put a 12 to 18 acre multifamily conceptual site here, put a retail pad sites here on the corner, a few there, and then call for planning and zoning. Said, hey guys, we were working on this new listing assignment. Uh, what's what do you think about multifamily? Uh, if you ask any P and PNZ person that question, DFW, pretty much going to get the same answer right now. Uh, <laughs> no multifamily. No, 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 no. We can't. We're, we're not supportive of multifamily. Um, that's not how the conversation went with Fort Worth. But in the case of this, we we're working with a lot of single-family rental developers right now. That kind uh-huh. of that's the the hot item of 2020. Right. Um, so they need a multifamily based zoning to plat their property and do their development there. So we said, okay, well, we're not thinking traditional garden multifamily. If you'll let us do that, that's great. We can sell it tomorrow. But in all likelihood, they're not going to let us, but they are in support of the single family rental use. Um, so that all that to say, we, we kind of plat out some conceptual plans and then we, uh, we look at the sale comps in the area, always focusing on properties that have actually sold mm-hmm. uh, and then finding the actual comps in a non-disclosure state like Texas is always, always difficult in some areas, but um, we've done some deals in the area so we know what land's trading for. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we look at comps that are apples and apples if a multifamily site sold for x we're going to use that comp if it was a single family piece of land we're obviously not going to use that comp so 
put all that together, come up with the minimum, maximum asking price, so minimum, maximum uh, projected closing price, go sit down with the, the owner. Um, in this case, it was courtesy of COVID. It was over a Zoom call. <laughs> Everything. Uh, so, hey, yeah. So I said, hey, this um, love your property. Uh, we spent about a week or so working on it. Um, here's a lot of fluff that you may or may not already know about the market area. Uh, here's the, the planned extension of this road by your property. Here's the estimated com completion date when it's going to start. Uh, it might give you access uh, that you don't have right now. Jump into the numbers and say, hey, your property's worth A to, a to B. Uh -huh. um, does this work? And just talk through it and see if he wants to go, if he, if he thinks the property's worth more or less. Uh, we always try to be very conservative. The last thing we want to do is say, hey, your, your property's worth $100 million. Oh, really? So we have an appraisal that's <laughs> worth about four. Oh, well, we think it's worth a hundred. So you just have to be very conscientious of that. And there's nothing worse than having to go back to a client and say, we messed up, mm -hmm. which uh, I have had to do before in the early, when I first got into business. Um, but that's why we're conservative. In this case, he had, he had just had an appraisal done, which was pretty much exactly in line with what we proposed. And, um, Next step, sign a listing agreement, uh, market it to folks, and go from there. Interesting. Yeah, you mentioned appraisal. Um, do they take into account your research, or do they do their own in most cases, like for a, a land use plan like this? Uh, does an owner – oh, do appraisers come up yeah. or look at the highest and best use? Yeah, well, I mean, when they come up with their valuation. Yeah, it, it just depends. I mean, sometimes the appraised value is, um, as, I mean, most of the time it's just as is under the current circumstances or situation. Right. Bulk price. Uh, we always quote or we always propose a bulk price as well. Um, and it really is buyer, buyer by buyer case scenario. Um, mm -hmm. Some buyers don't want to carve up their property. They just want to sell it as is, sell it. And um, to that we say, well, depending on the property size and the price of it, it's like, all right, well, you have a great property, don't get me wrong. Um, you can maximize, you could possibly maximize your value if you do spend some money or not spend some money. Uh -huh. uh, but it's easier to sell one acre, five, 10, 20 acres than it is to sell 100 acres of commercial land that might be 10, 20, 30 million dollars. Right. So it just, we kind of, we take it all into, on to uh, our approach. And if somebody wants to sell a bolt, that's definitely our, uh, that's our job. Uh, if they want to piecemeal it out, um, that's, we also do that as well. And, and we definitely don't play developer we don't play appraiser we don't play engineer so that's one thing we do kind of pride ourselves on and we can set ourselves apart when we don't obviously i'm not an engineer or architect or anything so when there's i'm working on a property in mansfield right now it's 
about 250 acres, about 120 acres in floodplain. I went to an engineer friend of mine. I said, hey, tell me what you think. Is there waters of the U.S.? Is there wetlands? Is there what? What are we looking at here? Mm -hmm. So that's that's another approach we also take um, as well when we just bring out bring in outside expertise um, when it's a when it's a, a larger tract uh, like a deal we worked on in Princeton. Uh, we we brought in a, a company, Good Fulton Farrell GFF. Uh -huh. um, day one, we said, hey guys, help us on this. We're pitching a listing to get this pretty expensive property listed. What do you think? This was, this was actually while we were still at Miller. Um, so we've got, we're under the gun. We need to get this done in, in two days. We've got everything we need on the comp, sale comp side. What do you think the highest and best use is on this? Can you give us a quick down and dirty sketch? So we went over there and they helped us walk through it. And um, out of that, that's kind of how we started to do a lot of that in-house was, again, we don't play engineer, but we can generally get pretty accurate on uh, highest and best use and kind of laying out some conceptual tracks. Right, right. So you get involved with architects and engineers to, to help kind of sharpen the pencil a little bit and uh, kind of create a better picture for that, for that valuation. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, this kind of leads into this next question. So how does this property valuation shape the development going forward? Do they typically stick with kind of the, the land plan generally that, that you guys come up with? when pulling together the marketing material or do you see it kind of, I mean, I, I assume if somebody's buying the property based on what you're, you know, what you had intended for it or showed they, they were obviously going to, to develop it as such, but um, is that pretty common or do, uh, I guess it really depends on the situation, but. Yeah, it depends on the situation. Um, in most cases, what we're proposing is pretty in line with what developers are looking for. Because um, we, again, we work, to date, we've really worked mainly on the buy side, um, obviously, and on the sales side. But um, I mean, I generally know uh, Garden Multifamily, they need about 12 acres to do their their project at this price per square foot to achieve a certain density per acre. Right. Um, the single family rental guys, uh, there's a lot of them now. Uh, <laughs> it used to be a smaller footprint. And now they're pushing 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 acres um, because the price of land is just unfortunately inflated a bit. Um, right. So to make, make their numbers work at, 10 to 16 units an acre, they, they kind of got to take down a bigger chunk of land to spread the love around, if you will. Um, so generally, yes, I mean, developers are pretty much in line with what we're working on. Um, I know there's a lot of zoning variance cases we go through pretty much the majority of the time. Uh, 
And then in some cases we work with a group and they say, hey, or we offer them, hey, here's 12 acres we have listed or maybe we don't have listed. By the way, there's another off-market deal contiguous to this. You can pick up another however many acres that is and um, just put more units on the ground. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, you know, this, this single family rental phenomena that seems to have hit DFW more recently. Um, can you just describe that? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, but what that looks like, um, for somebody that maybe hasn't run into this yet. Yeah. So, um, my personal belief on the single family rental phenomenon is, uh, it's twofold. Um, getting new multifamily zoning in DFW has been very difficult for the traditional wrap product or garden walk-up product. Um, and on the flip side of that, on the single family side, um, and where we are in the market today with COVID and kind of the cycle, a lot of single family groups aren't wanting to take down large tracts of land, um, just out of risk um, right. assessment and be stuck with however many acres and have to carry that through a recession. Um, so single family guys are looking at smaller track sizes, uh, more infill areas that are already have service by water and sewer. They might not have to put a district together to fund offsites or even without a district, they don't have to fund expensive water sewer extensions. So this phenomenon of single family rental, it's really a hybrid of multifamily and single family. Uh Um, So they're looking for just call it 20 (laughs) acres. Um, So they're looking for 20 acres. The property needs to be zoned multifamily or PD. Uh, plan development district um, because the, the single family development guys they most of them need one single plat on a property as opposed to each lot being indiv- individually platted uh-huh. so what what it is is it delivers a one or two story home um, but it's rented like an apartment so it's we're working with a handful of them right uh, single family rental guys right now there's about 15 of them um looking around town that are that are active uh, but yeah so they really they really target the two different market sectors there's the millennial market from kind of that 24 to 36 um younger employed uh, maybe folks that don't want to live in an apartment because it's noisy above you or to the left of you or the right of you neighbors. Um, a lot of people are having getting dogs. There's a lot of COVID dog purchases the last few months. Uh, <laughs> right. So it gives you a hundred or hundred or two hundred square foot yard um, on a larger side. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's essentially a house. You don't have to put down a mortgage payment. Um, and you just lease it in like an apartment and it's just, 
your own house, you can have a dog, you can have a grill. There's a little community area like a bunch of uh, apartment complexes have. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, I think it's a very successful trend right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I just started hearing about that probably oh, middle of last year, I think, is, is uh, just heard, you know, rumblings. And then now it just seems like you hear it uh, more often than not now for kind of the, the larger land development groups are, are talking about it. So, yeah, I was just curious to hear what your take was on it. Yeah, I'm a big fan and it's uh, it's a big chunk of paying the bills for us right now is single family rental. So. Huh. Well, man, I, I appreciate you going into that and, and kind of talking to us, getting us through kind of your experience and, and getting us through, uh, you know, what you're doing there at range realty. So I want to ask kind of what's your advice for someone that is looking to get into real estate as a professional, uh, you know, you're, you're more on the brokerage side, but for anyone really, um, I'm kind of painting a wide brush, but in, within real estate, um, you know, what advice would you give? And, and you're fairly young like myself. So, um, I'm sure a lot of it was advice you've received. So, you know, maybe touch on that with what has been the most, uh, or what, what has been the best advice that you've received as well? Yeah. Um, you know, really, um, I've received so much good advice over the years. Um, just being being driven, a driven, hardworking individual. That's that's what I'm looking for, and I know that's what. If if anybody's looking to hire somebody in the real estate business, you want you want a hardworking, driven, entrepreneurial individual. Uh-huh. Uh, I know some of the bigger firms you might might be more task driven that you have okay you, here's a salary you are an analyst do this do that you're right. not going to from this that we're that we want you to do um and some more boutique smaller shops like like ours or a handful of others um it's really i would say don't for the younger people, because I've, I've interviewed two people this week alone, uh, wow. just we're trying to scale our company and, and hire some more folks, um, not necessarily younger, but um, look at anything. So I I just interviewed a guy, he just graduated from uh, college in, I guess, December, um, and, or May, excuse me. I said, look, if you're, if you're willing to put in the time and effort um, this, if you want to be, if you want to work nine to five and be a broker, um, good luck. That's, <laughs> that's really not how this business works. Um, if you want to work nine to five and take a salary, um, maybe go on the development side of things or the acquisition side, um, and have one sole target. But in the brokerage world, it's really I mean, I know every company is different. I mean, it might be stipends, salaries, draws, 1099. It just, just depends. But just be a sponge and learn. Um, don't come in to 
a company or a, a business, whatever it might be, and just immediately expect that you're going to be the sole focus of everybody's life. Um, <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, it's, we live in a, a, an incredible real estate market. Um, don't come in and expect to be six months out of college and want a vice president stamp on your business card or partner or principal or make 60, 70, 80,000 bucks salary a year. It's, you've got to earn it, um, be dedicated to it and just ask questions, learn, use the resources you have at your disposal, whether it be uh, electronic, I mean, computers, um, people at the office, just listen, learn, ask questions and, um, be willing to put in the time. And that's, I know I'm young, I'm 29. Um, most of my office is older than me, um, but we work extremely well together inside, outside of the office. I mean, we're, most of us are here about 7, 7.30. Um, I am actually the last person in my office today. <laughs> as I turn around and in a bunch of closed door offices, but um, most days, most days yeah, we're, here, we're here just grinding it out till five, six, seven, eight, nine o'clock, depending on what we're working on. Um, just for the young guys. I mean this, if you want to get in the real estate business, prove it. Um, be my dad always told me be the, be the first one there and the last person out. Um, that's definitely a mentality that I still, as partner in our company, um, hold to be true. I try to be here before everybody um, to set a good example. And I don't try to be the last one here, but I usually am uh, <laughs> just, just because I have to. But um, yeah. I mean, just, there's no rhyme or reason. Just work hard. Don't be entitled and be willing to put in the time to time to learn and um, have somebody risk an investment in you. Yeah. I, I, would, I would risk, I would invest in folks, um, for the right folks, obviously. And if they're willing to work, I mean, at least here, there's, there's really no cap on how high you can go. Right. Definitely. Well, this is all good. I mean, you know, if you show that you can put in the effort, I mean, you'll get rewarded for it. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Definitely. It's not well, easy. I mean, I can tell you I made about no money my first year, but if uh, you just kind of set your mind to it and be dedicated to it and be willing to, willing to go through the tough times it, it certainly is it can get better yeah yeah definitely well let me just wrap this up with one last little question just because this is always interesting to me but what's a common misconception you see in the real estate process or real estate in general that uh you've seen maybe recently, maybe it's been in the last year or so, but, and how would you respond to that uh, misconception? Mm -hmm. I would say I just, 
because I have an audience, I would say, <laughs> uh, I would, uh, I'll say this about range and then I'll actually answer your real question is uh, <laughs> okay. a lot of people, I think people, a lot of people know us now since we've been around for a little over three years, but um, we, we don't sell ranches. I just want to be clear on that. <laughs> uh, That's a good I know, I know our website kind of looks ranchy. I'm redoing it right now, but the amount of people and like my friends even, they're like, don't you sell ranches? Like, no, I don't sell ranches. <laughs> I, sold, I sold one ranch, one actual ranch from a rancher to another rancher. But that is, that was, uh, it was meant to be a development deal, but uh, ultimately just sold it to the neighbor and he does what he does out there. But that's uh, awesome. But to answer your answer your real question, um, that's a that's a good one. Um, I mean, got to think for a second. Um, I mean, it's just overall on a fifty thousand foot level. It's not real estate. Is not one task oriented if that makes sense it's not mm -hmm. for people that aren't in real estate it's oh dylan you you sell land to developers yeah on the first grade level yes i do <laughs> um, or joe blow at cbre you sell office buildings to REITs and whoever yeah do that but the amount of time and energy and experience that goes into transactions is I mean it's you can't put a put a word on that to describe it it's you just have to know so much um, and really be a jack of all trades not you can't be doing everything on every asset type and handling everything that's just not realistic but um, in the case of us on the brokerage side um, you just have to know what you're doing. Um, be stick to stick to your word. What you're going to deliver. What you're going to do, and really understand how to do it. And um, from the sell side, from the buy side, and put a deal together. It's not it's not get a listing and put it on CoStar and sell it. It's very <laughs> time consuming, and you just just like you. Just like you do in your your world of uh, engineering, it's um, it, it's not a simple thing. You just have to right. have to transact, grow your experience, grow your contacts, just learn every day. And um, if you want to make the money that you're capable of making, um, you just always have to be learning and, and do it. Putting just in the be, work. Yeah, be be nimble. Yeah. Always be always be ready to something bad. Something bad is always going to happen on the transaction. I mean, they, <laughs> they rarely. I was telling my girlfriend the other day, I was like, I've been working on this deal for nine months, and I thought I was about to go under contract and close at the end of the year. Be yay payday right before Christmas. No, no. <laughs> no. Breaks were hit one day and deal died and I was she was just like how why do you work 
so hard on a deal for so long and it just dies. I'm like, well, that's when, that's when you got to be doing volume. Yeah. Yeah. You can't just put all your eggs in one basket. You've got to have a hundred different things going on and uh, closings and all that teed up. So you're prepared for four quarters ahead. Right. Just uh, you've got to be prepared for anything. Right. So ultimately you're saying that brokerage isn't just something where you go and play golf with somebody and sell them a piece of property and just like, you know, go home and have some ranch waters. It's, there's, there's a little bit more to it. Is that what you're saying? If that was the case, trust me, I would be calling you from the golf course. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely not a go play golf. At least, at least where I'm at now and most people are, it's definitely not a go play golf. Hey, you want to buy this $10 million property? Sure. All right. <laughs> let's put this out and go and get up. <laughs> oh, uh, let's get from the 19th hole. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely the, the successful people I know in the business. It's, it wasn't, it wasn't overnight. Yeah. It wasn't by accident either. No, no, it wasn't because of luck. Luck is not, not a thing it's you're there at the right place at the right time because you're working hard to get there good point good point well Dylan, i really appreciate your time today i i love talking about this it, it, was, it was good to see from from your point of view what you guys are are dealing with and and i think it was it was valuable to hear that so i appreciate your time i'll get yeah, you you get you back on the golf course now, right? My my golf clubs are on timeout for a few days, so <laughs> it's too too darn hot out there right now to play. So I'm uh, maybe, but no, I will 100% be playing this weekend. But it, it's gonna be early, early. <laughs> well, thanks again, Dylan. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Matt, and I appreciate you having me on, and uh, look forward to staying in touch. Definitely.